Hey listeners, this is Jamie Andelin, and this episode is a republish of one of my most listened to podcast episodes of the past. Enjoy! I used to have very little desire for sex. This became an issue in my marriage. It was the only thing we were arguing about. So I learned how to stop avoiding sex and I learned how to look forward to it and enjoy it instead. And this improved my marriage and my personal life more than I could even imagine it would. So then I helped hundreds of women in my coaching business ditch the low desire struggle. And now I'm sharing the secrets here. Welcome. On the podcast today, we have a guest. His name is Corey Ivins. He is a coach and he has been through the hard part of being a male in a marriage who had a higher desire and desired more sex from his wife and wasn't feeling like his wife wanted enough sex. And he has come out on the other side by doing the important work that was able to strengthen their sexual connection. This podcast is going to be focused on his perspective as the male, which I think is super helpful for everybody listening, male or female. And as I tend to focus on the work that the women can do to strengthen their own sexuality so that their, you know, marriages and the relationship with their husband can be better. It's really nice to have a perspective from a man share the work that he had to do on himself so that the sexual connection could be as strong as everybody wanted. Feel free to share this episode with anybody who comes to your mind. And without further ado, let's begin. All right, Corey Ivins, we're going to explain a little bit about yourself so everyone listening can get to know you a little bit. But you're married, and how long have you been married? Um, 13 years. So Okay, so you're months, like, I, yeah, I know what I'm talking about here. <laughs> yeah, gotta, <laughs> we've, we've been through stuff together. <laughs> I remember when I got to 10 years, I was like, I think people might listen to me now. Like, if I say, I've been married for 10 years, it's like, okay, you've got some years under you. Okay, you yeah. might know some things. I'm like, I do. <laughs> I do, I do, I do. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be 20 years this year, so wow. I, feel like, I feel like I know some stuff and then some. I'm like, okay, oh, we've definitely. been <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So you have four kids. How old are they? Yes. Yeah, so I have an 11 year old, a 10 year old, a six year old and a almost four year old. What? So, yeah. That's awesome. It's a crew. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. I love that. All girls, boys. I think you have a mixture. Yeah. We have uh, three girls and a boy. So it's. That's awesome. Yeah, it's Is your boy the youngest? Uh, second youngest. Okay. Yeah. I've got three boys and a girl. So. Oh, perfect opposite. <laughs> I'm hearing you. So that's good. That's great. What are their ages? Um, my daughter is 18. My son is 16. Another son is 14. And my youngest son is 10. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we together have a wide range of children. And so we have, I just, think it's really helpful for all the listeners to get some context um in both of our um circumstances because we're not coming from a place 
where we're talking about like strengthening your sexual relationship, but like we don't have kids and we don't have jobs, you know, this is like, no, we have strengthened our sexual relationships, both of us in each of our marriages separately, different perspectives, right? Mm-hmm. And with amongst kids, amongst all kinds of life stuff going on. Yeah. Possible for everyone, no matter what their situation, to also do the same. Today, we were going to talk about some of the dynamics that come along with a man who has a higher sexual desire married to in a committed relationship with a woman who what we're calling a lower sexual desire, which I don't really love that term like higher and lower. I think they're both different and work differently, but that's okay. We'll get into that. And I think that's how a lot of people relate to when you're first starting out in your struggles and your sexual relationship, you're like, wait, I want sex more than my wife. What's wrong? (laughs) Right. Right. And that's probably the most common story you hear, right? I would say like 80%. I mean, there's definitely people who have the women have higher, you know, desire and all that kind of stuff. But mostly this is where I focus. My work is in this dynamic, Mm -hmm. but you have experience from the male perspective. So I'm so excited to have you on because mostly I've been talking to my listeners from my womanly female perspective. Um, Of course, I love to, you know, make both perspectives kind of equal and and like have a lot of compassion for both. And so we can see both sides, but I think it's going to be so helpful for people to hear from. Let's just begin with when you were maybe first noticing like the struggles in your marriage in the sexual department and how that felt um what that was like for you you know some of your frustrations you just tell us everything yeah well i mean and i come from a kind of an evangelical background right so very conservative upbringing um and my wife as well and you know that's again not uncommon for for a lot of folks and so you know you kind of grow up with this attitude that like sex is bad and you can't do that and oh you know if if you had sex before marriage you're you're this tainted thing you're no you're no good anymore and you know there's a lot of just toxicity in that conversation and a lot of conversation just not being had especially like parents with children talking about like how it's healthy and how it might be a good thing you know and all of yep. all of the beauty that comes from having an intimate relationship versus you know oh we don't talk about that oh it's taboo you can't do that you can't say this and you know most of the people that I've met in that scenario, they, they kind of, they seek it out themselves and they try discovering and they find it in all the wrong ways instead of learning about it in a healthy manner, you know? So that's, it's just like, you're kind of set up for a little bit of failure right out of the gates, you know? <laughs> right out of the gates, the pearly gates. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. And I love that you touch on like, it's either, it's either talked about in like a negative way or just not given any attention. Yeah. I find that to be so common. It's like a lot of women will come to me and be like, we just never talked about it at all. And so there's just no attention been brought to my sexuality. And so I just thought it wasn't important, Mm -hmm. you know, or, or, or it was bad, you know, there's two things, but I hardly ever talk to anyone who was taught like, Oh yeah, my sexuality is such an important part of who I am. Like no one until they're they're like, all right, 
there's this part of me that I would like to awaken. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, let's do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and imagine like all the great experiences you might have missed out on because of that. Yeah. In that sense of self-discovery, what what's good for me? You know, what are what are my needs? You know, like that was a big part of it too, because it's like we just had this idea of what sex should be. You know, walking into this, and so there wasn't a lot of like self-discovery. There wasn't a lot of getting in touch with yourself. It was just like, well, we're supposed to do this now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, like. It was- it was off limits for 20 years and now it's supposed to be amazing. <laughs> Go. Yeah. Go. And it's got to be perfect and it's got to be beautiful and sunshine and rainbows and unicorns, you know, just all that perfectness. But there's all these expectations that are set for you, you know, this is how it's supposed to be. This is how you're supposed to be. And it's just, none of that's true. I know. All right. So we're going to burn it all down. Yes. And we're starting from, okay, Corey, raised in this like you know religious background very conservative mm-hmm. were you and given like given negative attention around sexuality like um or would you say mm-hmm. little attention um i'd say like little attention but then there were a couple times when it's like you get curious and you're like i should probably ask a parent about this or an adult you know and you know some of the reactions were like what what why are you asking you know like are you are you asking it because like, of are you yeah. having sex with people and that's why you, you need to know? that? You know? <laughs> yeah, it's it was really it's tough, you know. Or like I remember one conversation that that was just like I didn't even know what it was. I think I was like twelve, and I was like, "What's masturbation?" Mm-hmm. And it, it wasn't like, "Okay, let's sit down and let's find so, you know a safe way to discuss this." It was like, "Why do you have a problem?" <laughs> and I'm like. I don't know if I have a problem. Like, I don't even, what is it? <laughs> I don't know what it is. First of all, I would, you know, maybe, maybe I do it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and I, and I don't fault my parents at all. It's, you know, it's, it's just, you know, and uh, you can't, but like, I mean, we all have tools that we access as parents and we do our best with the tools we have access to, you know? And that doesn't, some, you know, for sometimes it, it doesn't feel very good to, to, to think about it that way because I want to be a perfect parent, you know, and I want to be the best possible parent. But, you know, we still have our emotional injuries that carry through generations and we still have all of our baggage and some of our baggage is going to end up on our kids. It just, that's how it works, you know? It's true. It, I can see why it's so hard for parents to navigate this yeah. the part of parenting you know and so yeah no fault to the parents because even when you're trying to be open you you still think oh my gosh was that too much and then so you try to cut back and you're like oh that wasn't enough like yeah. <laughs> constantly yeah. constant <laughs> yes okay keep going so then what then what oh goodness um I mean, it's, it's been an interesting ride, like, and, and like, at least for me, it was, it was this thing that kind of ebbed and flow. We had good seasons and and bad seasons, you know, not that they were even bad, you know, but it was just like, okay, read the room a little bit, you know, maybe we're in a stressful point of our lives. Finances aren't great. We're just all kind of stressed out, you know, brand new baby and this and that. And, you know, the, the hard part is you're kind of, you can end up on different wavelengths with one another. Yeah. Relationship wise, you know, so it can be, you know, I'm, I'm really feeling it right now. You know, I'm feeling like a need to be close to you. I'm feeling a need to be connected to you. And like for a man, that means physical touch. It means physical intimacy, you know, like that's the love language. You know, if you were referring back to the, 
love wing languages book, you know, and you know, my wife and I read through it and my wife was like, Hey, quality time gifts and acts of service. Like that's how you speak love to me. Okay, yeah. great. You know, I can do that. And for me, it's like words of affirmation and physical touch. Like I am your token male. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's, yeah. that's most of it. You know, quality time is probably like a close third, you know, kind of ties with the words of affirmation, but it's physical touch without a doubt you know that's yeah. you know when i get hugged or you know it, it, it doesn't it's, it doesn't have to be anything crazy but it's like those are the moments where i feel connected and i feel loved and appreciated and cherished you know yeah so how did that how did that show up in your marriage in a frustrating way did your wife ever do the thing that a lot of women do where it's like you start avoiding physical touch because you're afraid it might lead to sex a hundred percent 100%. But I think, at least from a man's perspective, and like at first, it's easy to just kind of blame the partner. Mm -hmm. And be like, well, she just doesn't want it. You know, like if she could, she'd go the rest of her life and never have sex with me again, and she would never want it. And just like it's that little, you know, thing. Women that say that too. They're like, I think I could go the rest of my life and be fine. And be fine. So no wonder men start thinking that, you know? Right. It's like, you know, it, you hear it. You know, you hear it from friends and from, you know, family and stuff like that. Oh, no, she's just, she's just a woman. You know, that's how it is, you know, and that kind of totally. stuff. It was, it was rough for, for a while. And then um, one of the, I guess, my, my, one of my breakthrough moments was I found this book called No More Mr. Nice Guy, you know, mm -hmm. but I had been, I mean, this was, we were already 10 years almost into our marriage before I was really starting to like, it started to click. So about nine years, I read, I read the book, No More Mr. Nice Guy. And I just went, I, I realized I'm a token nice guy. Like I am the cookie cutter definition of what a nice guy is, right? Yeah. Somebody who, you know, had maybe some issues where their needs weren't met in a timely manner as a child. They, you know, internalize that because children can't think externally. Children can't say, well, you know, maybe that wasn't my fault. It's all intrinsic. And they blame them for us themselves for everything that happens in their environment. That's yeah. why parenting is so important. We have to be so careful as parents and so attentive um, while also letting them experiment on their own and make their own mistakes. Right. So right. there's that delicate balance. But, you know, <laughs> so moving into adulthood, though, but like carrying this, let's call it fear of abandonment or not being loved for being who you are, you start to become what you think everyone else wants you to be mm -hmm. you know and, it, and again it's no fault of anyone around you or in your environment but that's kind of how you grow up yeah and so even as i got married i was trying to be the perfect husband you know where life is smooth and everything's fine and i'm a perfect provider and i'm always making enough money and i'm always you know doing everything i can and for someone like me it just feels like you're white knuckling it you know driving in the snow trying not to crash that's how it feels. What are some other signs like, or, you know, behaviors, I guess, of a nice guy, like, um, that you noticed in your life, but also maybe in, in other lives of other men? Yeah, I, I think the biggest one for me was, I was constantly trying to please my wife. Uh huh. But it wasn't as a wife. And this is, it's going to sound terrible. And it's going to sound creepy. Right. But I was treating my wife more like a mom than a yeah. wife, right? It was, I was constantly trying to please, try, constantly trying to, to be on 
my wife's good side, if you will, you know, and get that approval. But it was in order to get my needs met, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So I'm saying, oh, I'm going to do the dishes. I'm going to sweep the floor and I'm going to do everything perfectly. And then if I can do all those things, then she'll reciprocate. And the worst part about the whole thing is if that didn't happen, you know, she's having a bad day or, you know, again, stressed out about something like that. And she's like, yeah, I'm just not into it. For me, that's completely invalidating. Look at all these things that I did. Yep. And I'm getting nothing in return. Mm-hmm. And so that's what happens when you pout. And that's what happens when you get angry and you, you know, storm out of the room and all this, you know, you, you react to not having your needs met. But what you don't realize is you're projecting your needs on the other person. Mm-hmm. When you do that, it only drives that person further away. Oh, it's so true. And not a whole lot of words have to be said for especially in a marriage, like a marriage, you live together, you're around each other a lot, you feel uh, something like all the time, like I relate to this, but a lot of my clients can relate when they know their husband is doing something to get something in return. Oh, yeah. Like, and you feel it. Do you think that men have awareness that that's what they're doing? But they're trying no. to get their needs met. No, no I, I think if I think if you're in that nice guy state, you're mm-hmm. you're pretty oblivious to what it is that you're doing, but you're feeling the effects of it. So you'll do the dishes and you'll clean the house. You'll be like, "Ooh, tonight's gonna be a good night." You know, we're gonna get some hanky panky, and then it doesn't <laughs> happen. And then all of a sudden, you're just you're pissed off, and you go from like the super positive to a super negative, mm-hmm. and you're just you're like you're like, "What do I do?" And you sit in the bed together silently fuming you know and she's like what's wrong what is like what's wrong with me you know what's going on you know what am i doing wrong why is my husband so mad at me like that's what happens in that dynamic and it's all on at least from my perspective it's all on the man Mm -hmm. it's because you've got you've got your your relationship on a scale you know and if something's found wanting then it's it, it instantly becomes toxic because you're always comparing your good deeds to the other person's, you know, return or, or, or meeting your needs. And if they aren't doing that or are incapable of doing that, the only thing you can do is either ignore it or get angry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, then nothing's yeah. getting, like, the core of the problem isn't getting healed. No. And so it remains a problem that you're either resisting and just carrying around with you or reacting to. Yeah. Frustration, anger, grumpiness, pouting. And then that's a turnoff to the woman. And so, yeah, oh, yeah. you stay in this like cycle. Of, like, So from your perspective, a male with a spontaneous sexual desire or a higher sexual desire the way that you were able to shift things in your marriage was to start learning how to meet your own needs. Like, how would you explain that? (laughs) Bingo. Bingo, you know, and a lot of that comes down to a lot of introspection. What are my needs in the first place? You know, who am I as a person for a nice guy? um, And I like, you know, we're talking kind of like 85% high desire, low desire, that sort of thing. I'd say in today's society, 75 to 80% of all men in the world right now could qualify as a nice guy. 
Yeah. Like, I think there are very few that are like a balanced man individual who knows how to meet their own needs completely, you know, and have that healthy relationship. So when you're yeah. saying, oh, my clients are saying this all the time, of course they are, <laughs> you know, because it's the most common outcome uh, in today's society, you know, but it was, it, it was a lot of introspection. So I had to really sit down. Who am I? What is it that I want out of my life? And how can I, at least in this period of time, as I'm, you know, recovering from the nice guy syndrome, how can I meet all of my own needs in every category? Uh-huh. You know? And so if, if I can get there, perhaps my spouse will meet my needs on an occasion. And instead of it being a requirement for our relationship to function, it becomes that like happy bonus. It's the cherry on top. You know, when these intimate moments occur, instead of you have to have sex with me or you have to, you know, tell me that you love me or anything like that, you know, because the nice guy will say, I love you, not because they are, you know, and they do, but they're expecting the I love you in return. It's interesting because, yeah, so they're, they're, they're doing things for an expectation, mm-hmm. something in return. And when you're in the middle of this dynamic, it can be really hard to notice without someone bringing attention to it. So I'm really glad you're bringing attention to it because I think especially if most men on the planet are experiencing the, um, the impact of this nice guy syndrome, um, then they are thinking that that's normal, like in a marriage, like I do this, you do this in return. And this is the normal dynamic. This is how it's supposed to work. And so if my wife isn't reacting in the way that I think she should, then something's wrong. Yeah. She must be broken. (laughs) It must be her fault. Yeah. She's, she's, there's something wrong with her. We're going to have to have this talk now about like, okay, we know we need to have more sex, right? This is, this is really important. We need to communicate my needs. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm not laughing to make fun. I I'm laughing because it's, I think a lot of us can relate, you know, but it's like, okay, so, so here's where this conversation is coming from, right? Like I am needy. I'm graspy. I'm something's wrong here. Our marriage is not working. Yeah. We're going to have a conversation and that vibe, (laughs) the conversation, what, what, like in your experience, what did that do? in your marriage, if, if you were ever in that situation where you're like, we need to talk about my, my needs here. Oh man. Yeah. Well, and number one is I didn't know how to effectively communicate what my needs were. Mm-hmm. Right. All I knew is that like, yeah, I want more sex. Yeah. Like, but that, it, that's like talking about a symptom instead of the cause, you know, the disease itself, because it wasn't about having sex. It had nothing to do with sex, but it was what I was looking for is like, deeper connectedness, you know, more emotional intimacy and a better trusting relationship. Yes, yes, yes. But it was like, it manifests like the, 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 the bonus, again, it's the happy bonus is the evidence of a healthy relationship is, and I, I even having sex is saying is kind of the wrong way, but it's like making love. There is a difference between like scratching an itch yeah. <laughs> and having a deep intimate experience with your partner. Mm-hmm. Like those are two very separate things. 
And I would say a lot of high desire males are a lot of times just scratching an itch when they're, when they're, when they're having sex, you know, they're just like, you're my partner. And so you, you know, in an, an, an obligatory way, you have to have sex with me, right? We're married. That's the contract that says, you know, I am going to go to work every day and make all the money and do all the stuff. And you're going to raise the kids and you're going to have the sex with me. Like that's what a lot of men see it as it's like now we're married. That's how it works. Yeah. Even if it's not said, I think there's this unspoken contract that everyone thinks. And even the woman is like, I'm broken because I don't want to have sex as much as he wants to. And at, at some point, I think there was this unspoken contract that I signed and I'm not able to fulfill that the way I want to. And so, yeah, this just like, I'm broken he's demanding, like he's needy, he's pouty, he's, and all this is going on. And it's like, that is not what we want. That's not what we were going for when we got married. This is not what we were hoping to create. Well, and why, why would you, why would you want to fulfill the needs of like a pouty little child? You know, not sex. It's not sexually attractive. And I tell my clients all the time, like, if you're not feeling attracted to your husband, when he's needing sex from you in that way please don't beat yourself up i'm i'm actually really relieved that you're not attracted to that behavior and i'm not i'm not saying this to be mean i think sometimes it's good to just say things very clear and they might come across kind of harsh but like come on we're, we're on your side here like for any men that might be listening like we're on your side we want you to have more enjoyable sex so let's just get to the point yeah <laughs> like, yeah this is how it comes across. This is what's happening for you. You have some needs that need to be met. You're scratching an itch. And so it's not fulfilling you. And so thinking I need more and more and more sex, obviously the sex I'm having isn't fulfilling. So I need more instead of thinking, wait, I need to learn how to meet some of my needs, do some introspective work, have more like fulfilling sex. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's like, that's the work, right? It's like, how can I have fulfilling sex that makes me feel married and like intimately connected and makes my wife want to turn to me sexually? Like, how can I behave in a way where she's like, actually, I feel very turned on by <laughs> by being around you right now. Yeah. I want to turn to you. Yeah, this is, this is the work that we're talking about. And so we may say things that you may feel called out. <laughs> you may yeah. be like, uh, are they in my head? Or I've never heard that explained that way before. Or I didn't realize I was doing that. You may have some feelings that you need to work through, but mm-hmm. it's okay. It's yeah. the pathway to get, you know, to the the point where Corey is now, which is like, where, where would you say you are now? Um, I'd say we're in a very very good place and it it took it took time you know like because there's a lot i mean you you go say 10 years of feeling obligated to have sex with your partner and it, it it's not and i'm not trying to say like every time we had sex that's how it was you know but when she was in a place where hey i don't feel attracted to you or i don't feel attracted to myself or something and i was simply trying to have my needs fulfilled because i didn't know of another way to fulfill those needs that's when it was like we started to hit the the problem state you know and my flaw and like a lot of men do it is instead of focusing on like what are these external factors that might be affecting like our intimacy you know emotionally and physically they just go well i need to focus on the sex 
right? I need to focus on that because that's the thing that isn't happening, you know? And so instead of stepping back from it, they focus, laser focus. And it's the opposite of what you need to be doing, mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, I had a conversation like that where I, and I did a lot of talking. It was a bad, bad, bad move on my part. And I kind of, you know, that's what I communicated. I was like, hey, you know, I don't know what's going on, but, you know, I feel like we really need to fix this. You know, we need to step it up and try harder, whatever, you know. I tried to keep it positive. And we didn't talk for a week. Yeah. It was my fault, you know, because I had I had, I'd kind of drawn a line in the sand. I had, I had put an ultimatum out there you know, unknowingly, you know, and I, it was, it was really hard and it took a really tough conversation after that to come back to, no, I do love you, you know, and it, it's not that it doesn't matter, but like, if we never had sex again, I love you, the person, that's what matters most, you know, and, but I mean, that was stepping stones to getting to a better place. Yeah. You know? I know, and it feel. why do you think that's hard I mean, there's probably a couple reasons that just flew through my mind just when I thought of the question, but why do you think it's hard or what is the hard part um, for men to get to that place where they can say, even if we never had sex again, I love you for who you are. Like what, why are men so resistant to, to say that or to get to that place with their wives? Yeah. Well, I think if, I think a lot of it is the comparison game. You know, they talk to guys and they're like, oh man, our wife, we did it three times this week, you know, or we just got back from vacation and it was, woohoo, you know, and we had a great time. And so they're like, well, I'm not, I'm not doing that. What, what's wrong with me? You know, what's wrong with my marriage? So you're comparing. But I also think like men use sex as a barometer for the health of their marriage. Uh-huh. So yeah. if they're not doing it, then they're like, well, what, what's wrong with the, what's wrong with everything else? You know, like, is this really a marriage? Are we really in love? Like what? And it just, you know, it festers and it just grows. And then it's going to seep into all the other parts of your marriage. And then you're going to, you know, start thinking of, you know, and, and then you look at your outside relationships. Well, you know, that girl at the gym's pretty hot, you know, and then you start, and it, it's just this comparison game and it goes and it goes and it grows until you've convinced yourself that the relationship you're in is not good enough for you. Yeah, understandably. See, you know, thanks for sharing all that. Cause like seeing where that comes from, if you think of it kind of like a math problem, it's like this plus this equals this, you know, I'm like, okay, I can understand why, you know, you're, you know, as a man, you're struggling in your relationship. If sex is used as the barometer and you're comparing and it's not, what you always imagined it would be then it's like yeah something is majorly wrong here but the answer isn't always go to having more sex like ironically (laughs) that is not it seems logical right like if we just had more sex and everything would be fixed yeah but why is that not the answer like just have more sex with your wife just get more sex with your wife like why is that not the answer so I have some theories, <laughs> um, but I do, I think emotionally, emotional intimacy, true emotional intimacy is the prerequisite to physical intimacy, period. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a really good book, do I have it with me? No, uh, it's called The Science of Trust by Dr. Gottman, who's like the relationship guru. He's, all of his books are amazing. And it's definitely like a, it's for the nerds because it's like, 
it's going to be the scientific definition of trust. And it's 25 years of studies of actual couples in real interactions and how they interact with one another, how they deal with betrayal, how they deal. And there's more to betrayal than just having an affair. Like mm. there's, there's so much there could be neglect and ignorance and like, you name it, there's, you know, a dozen different ways to betray your partner. Mm-hmm. And it's not that you're going to betray your partner. Cause like in, if you, if you look at the whole list at some point in your marriage or multiple times, you're going to betray your partner. It's just going yeah. to happen. Oh yeah. It could be financially. It can be emotionally. I mean, it can be so many areas. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You can, I mean, ultimately a betrayal equals you do something that you're going to keep a secret. Yeah. That's what betrayal is. And the way to fix that is to live in a way where you don't have to keep any part of your life a secret. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm still working on that. I still have like my own toxic shame that I'm like, no, 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 I can't show the world that part of me yet. And so like that, that takes time because again, nice guys have this giant fear of abandonment. If I showed the world who I really was, they would stop loving. Like that's the internal narrative. Yeah, clearly. Yeah, that and that it just seems so matter of fact, right? Like, if I was to really be myself, then no one would love me. Oh, this even showed up with me and my husband too. This is a very simple example, but like, like we'd be watching like a TV show or something, and I would say to him like, "Which one of those girls do you think is the prettiest?" or whatever, and he'd be like, "I can't actually answer that question because like (laughs) she will be mad at me or something." And yeah. so he'd be like, oh, I don't know, like, no, I don't, I don't think any of them are really that pretty, you know? And I'd be like, I can totally tell he's lying. <laughs> I'm like, what? And he's like, no, really, you're, you're probably the most gorgeous woman I've ever seen in my entire life. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> you're liar. <laughs> yeah. And I can sense it. But like it, it, you know, it comes out later that like he was just a like he was afraid of me getting mad. He was afraid of me, like rejecting him some way. He was afraid of me abandoning him, even if it's in such a small way. Like, and so he did, he was afraid to just share his opinions with me. He was, a, you know. So I understand that nice guy. So it took some time and some work on my part too to not, you know, let my insecurities or whatever come to the surface or not react to him so i if i ask questions like that be prepared for the answer (laughs) right and like have an honest you know we're humans you know having this experience together and like just on my part just being ready to with no judgment just like love my husband for who he is too from my point so that he can heal that nice guy syndrome that's afraid of getting abandoned or rejected yeah Cause we all have like light and dark parts of us, right? We all have our little, uh, you know, our dirty little secrets where it's like, oh, I really enjoy this or that. And you know, that's the part that you're afraid to share with people, no. you know, but then you realize, yeah. well, oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say like, and, and I, and I understand, like I have compassion towards it because sometimes we do share those pieces of us and maybe we are rejected. Mm-hmm. Like, even like as simple as like, I'll, I had a client once, she was going through a hard time with her husband, but he, she would ask him like, what's your favorite movie? Or what was your favorite movie as a child? And he, the, whatever he answered, she would have some kind of judgment, you know, even in little ways. And this is showing up in a lot of relationships, you know, he'd say, well, I really liked this movie, you know, and then she'd be like, 
that is so dumb. Like, <laughs> or like, I can't believe you watched that or whatever. Like that would be her reaction. And so it just over and over again proves true that he can't be himself, but it takes one of you to just be like, I have, you know, we have to break this pattern. <laughs> like yeah. the man has to be able to be himself and the woman has to stop rejecting and vice versa. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like create this safe environment yeah. where we can just like be ourselves. And there's so much understanding. And I think in a marriage, our insecurities are going to be triggered and come to the surface. Yeah. And if you can very patiently, compassionately see that as part of being married and know that when those come to the surface, that's something for you to work out and heal yourself and with the help of a professional or like your, your spouse, like that's going to be awesome. But if you're looking at like your insecurities coming to the surface as like something to avoid, oh, marriage is going to be so hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hard. Well, that's how you get the dead bedroom, right? That's how you get the Bingo. quiet nights because Bingo. you're afraid to share those real parts of you. And I, 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 and I love, I just, the reason I sought this book out, this science of trust is because I had a, you know, a couple extended family issues as well, where they're like, well, you know, you just don't love us. And I'm like, it's not about that. It's about <laughs> trust. You know, it's, can I trust that, you know, if I come back to a part of the relationship that you're not going to use this against me at some point, you know, and it's, it's, it's like handing, <laughs> it's like handing a crazy person a hammer. You know, it's, here's my insecurity. I'm going to give it to you. But if you don't trust that person, you're afraid that person's going to literally use that insecurity against you at some point. So yeah. I, of course I can't share that with you. I can't share who I am with you. Mm -hmm. And that's why trust, establishing that trust in a relationship is so very important. Because mm -hmm. if you don't trust each other, you're never going to share those insecurities. You're never going to share the dark side of you with your partner. Yeah. You're never going to be truly connected is really important in order to create sexual intimacy is you've got to be able to share that emotional side of yourself. You've got to be able to share some of your dark parts and that has to be in an environment of safety between the two of you so that there's trust in there. Mm -hmm. And then the sexual intimacy can grow. But if you're not willing to go to that place of, you know, sharing a part of you, um, working through things together, letting things come to the surface, um, then the sexual intimacy just isn't going to happen. Yeah. And w like, what would you say is happening? Like how, I don't know if you can answer this question, but Hey, let's just go, let's just go for it. But like, what would you say is happening, um, in the woman when she's sensing she's not connected to her husband emotionally, or he's not, or he's withholding or he's holding back in some way because he's afraid for whatever reason, or he just doesn't, he's just not aware that he's doing it. What do you think is happening for her? Ooh, that's loaded. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm shutting down right now. <laughs> right now, I'm done. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> no, I. That's a really interesting um, question because, I mean, I can. I, I might be able to tell you how, like, how it manifests, right? Okay, it's going to be that quiet. It's going to be that like being reserved and, and just it, it well, it, it can come off as well. It's going to happen one way or the other. It's either going to be like the avoidance play 
right? Where it's like, I don't know what's happening with my husband. I feel like I'm not getting 100% of the truth. I feel like, you know, there's something that I can't put, I can't put my finger on it, but there's something there. So until that's sorted out, you know, game over, doors are closed, you know? So then if he's like, hey, uh, let's have some sex tonight or whatever, she's going to be like, uh, I'm not so having it. sex with a stranger. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. totally. It's like, like I don't, I don't, I don't feel close to you. So why would I, why would I do that? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, it's or like the woman's gonna address it right the woman's gonna be like hey what's going on you know and they're gonna be like what there's nothing nothing everything's fine right nice happy smooth marriage you know stay happy and this is the white knuckling that you were talking about like yeah. if i stay happy and fine then you know ev then no one will abandon me i'll have the perfect life i was dreaming of and always imagined i would have but yep. it's literally doing the opposite because she's like, I'm on to you, guy. Like, yeah. hey, buddy, this is not working. Oh, my husband does this. Well, he used to do this all the time. He doesn't do it as much. But, like, he's a police officer. And he would come home from work. And there would just be, like, darkness, like, around him. And I'd be like, oh, my gosh, are you okay? And he'd be like, yeah, I'm fine. Why? And I'm like, because something seems off. And he's like, no, I'm good. And he was trying to protect me from whatever he was feeling. Yeah. He you know, um, whatever he had seen that day, whatever he'd been around, he just, he thought he had to protect me from all that. Yeah. And I would sense it and I'd be like, you're totally lying to me. Like something's not right. Even if it's like someone yelled at you at the grocery store or something, like I can sense that something happened. Yeah. You're not great. And I want to like share, but I want to connect with you. And he'd be like, no, 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 no. You know? <laughs> And then, like, two weeks later or three weeks later, he'd be like, hey, you know that one day when, like, things were really hard? Well, you know, this happened. I won't I won't share all the details right now. But, like, yeah. I'd be like, oh, my gosh. Like, I knew something was wrong, but you didn't tell me. And I can sense you were lying, you know. So, but I, on my own, just decided to say, hey, I can tell something's not right. If you want to talk about it, I'm here for you. Yeah. Because then it wasn't leading him to be like, to answer yes or no questions, you know, he, and he would just say, thanks. I'd be like, you're welcome. And it took some time for him to realize like, he doesn't have to protect me. Yeah. That those feelings actually are what I'm craving to share and, and to experience with him and that I'm okay. Like I can handle my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big girl. I can do it. Yeah. yeah. Cause so like in a way, um, okay, so let's just like kind of bring this back into like a little nice container for everyone. Yeah. So we've got frustrated in your the sexual department, you know, the dead bedroom kind of situation, the man thinking we're not having enough sex. Then you've got on the other side, you know, both people in the marriage are feeling fulfilled. Sex is really not an issue. It's just something really beautiful and wonderful you share because you have a, a beautiful, healthy marriage and both of you are trying individually to be healthy humans yeah. <laughs> i don't know yeah. another way to say that yeah. <laughs> okay and then in between there we have okay so you figured out you had some needs that weren't being met and so you had to learn how to meet your needs mm -hmm. right yeah and work through that dynamic for yourself and then you had to stop needing anything from your wife so you just had yeah. to 
completely get to a place where you're like, I love you for who you are, which, wow, that in and of itself is quite the journey because I think a lot of men might come to the place where they think, I don't even know if I really love my wife. And that's scary. Yeah. Oh, it's so terrifying. It's, yeah. It's ter- like, it's almost like you don't want to go there because you're like, but what if I realize I don't really like her? You know, she's changed a lot. You know, we've both gained weight. We're both, you know, there's all this stuff that could yeah. be going on. And it's like, oh, is this like, what? It, like, she's kind of annoying. Maybe I don't really like her. She's not really that happy. <laughs> She just with kids all day. All she talks about is like kids poop or, you know, you know, there's like all this stuff that can come up and you're like, I don't know if I even like her. So I'm not going to go there. So that in itself could be a really interesting, scary, beautiful journey to go on. And if you think to yourself, I don't know if I really like my spouse. Well, maybe that's a good place to start is to be like, let's, let's like each other again. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm sure every couple has had that moment where they're like, I love you, but I don't like you right now. (laughs) This is not good. I remember one time telling my husband my hobby was the kids, and he was like, okay, this has got to change. (laughs) Like, your hobby cannot be the children. You need something for you because we've got to be able to have a conversation that is not about the children, you know, And, and that was hard for me because I had my own things to work through with that. But yeah, yeah. big deal. So we've got meet your needs, um, not need your spouse to meet your needs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, start to like your spouse for who they are, whether you are going to have sex or not from that. Um, anything else that kind of happened in that journey? <laughs> for you i mean lots lots and lots of stuff but i think well i'm this is well we'll see if we share this in the podcast yeah um but like i i definitely hit like a dark point personally because i was like okay i'm working on it nothing's happening yet like i I just i don't know what's going on and i realized i still had i still had work to do personally but i had an opportunity to be unfaithful to my wife Mm -hmm. like and it was it terrified me Mm -hmm. and I'm thankful it didn't happen. Let's put it that way. It, mm-hmm. it, but it was, it, let's say it scared me straight, you know, because when, when you are in a situation, you're, you know, it's easy. And it, well, let's put it this way, you know, like the D.A.R.E. program, say no to drugs and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So, you know, you've always had that narrative going like, you know, alcohol is bad and you can't don't yeah. do drugs and cocaine. And it's funny how they taught you about all the drugs. Yeah. <laughs> <In> the <laughs> yeah. D.A.R.E. program. <laughs> Um, but it was one of these, it was, you had that narrative, like, Hey, I'm going to be responsible. I'm going to say no. And you kind of were prepared for that. Right. Yeah. Um, no one pre- prepared me for something like infidelity or something like that. It's terrifying. And there's a lot that like, I haven't shared with, with anyone, but I will say that like, what that did though, is it convinced me that the only way, like when you're talking about how do you know if you're going to love your, per- your, your, your partner on the other end of this, the only way I was going to walk away from my marriage, my kids and everything is if I was the hundred percent best person that I could possibly be. Love that. And it still wasn't working. If that makes love sense. That. Yes. So that was, it's like, okay, I'm going to control and I'm going to change everything I can that I can control. I can't tell my kids what to be I can I can help teach them I can guide them right that's my responsibility as a father but I can't tell my wife what to be 
or who she is. That's not my responsibility, you know? And a lot of times we get in this, you know, this, this idea that like, well, if she was only like this, everything would be fine or, you know, that sort of, and I'm like, no, okay, the blame game's got to go. And yeah. I have to be absolutely the best version of me that I possibly can be. Yeah. And then if it's not working, I have permission to leave. Oh, I love this so much. What I hear you saying is pretty much what you said. Like, I'm going to do everything that makes me the best version of myself. And if that doesn't create the marriage I desire sexually in, in every area, or yeah, then, then I can leave from that point. Yeah. But yeah, why not become... <laughs> the best version of yourself and just to see if it works yeah because you're benefiting like no matter what yeah you're a better version of you well look at whenever whenever your friends get divorced or something what happens immediately after they oh, go yeah. to the gym every day they get freaking fit they get the new car you know like everything everything changes like why not change in the marriage why not do it now instead of waiting till you're like some bachelor sitting in someone's basement apartment, you know, and all the, all you know, all you have to do is lift weights because it's, you have no other responsibilities, you know? Totally. So. And if now. you do all that work and your spouse doesn't reciprocate or doesn't come along or doesn't follow, like I say, you know, no, no judgment. I think it's okay to, to move on with your life and, and to go create a relationship with someone else that, that you really want. Right. But I really do think that there's a high percentage, especially, and correct me if I'm wrong in this, but for the most part, I have seen, like, especially if men take the lead in that, like, I have seen so many relationships change for the better because the woman, her natural instinct is to come along and not, not in a weird, like, submissive he's controlling sort of way it, it's more like an equal like she kind of like wants to step up and be her best self yeah um and sometimes we can be cranky about it like my husband's been working out a ton lately and he started inviting me and i was like oh like <laughs> i don't want to and i can feel myself resisting it and i was kind of grumpy a couple times like he's like hey you want to work out with me i'm like no no, I don't want to like rude, you know, yeah. but then it was like a couple more times later. And I was like, you know what? It's actually for my best good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, what am I saying here that like working out is bad for me? No, it's going to be good for me. And so instead of doing my like workout in the morning, I, some days in the week, I would save it to do with my husband in the evening. And I was like, okay, I can see why this is good for us. Like, <laughs> <laughs> kind of come along okay so it's yeah. like most of the time in a marriage one person does something and the other one comes along um there's something about that masculine feminine energy where when the masculine takes the lead especially when he's not doing it to get a reward from his wife or he you know he's just doing it because he knows it's good for him yeah there's something about that dynamic that just really gets women going. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, I've, my, like, my new mantra is like, and this is, it's the perfect guide for everything you do. And you, you ask, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. And then you ask, well, and, and if, if the answer to that question isn't, 
because it's the right thing to do, <laughs> don't do it. Do it doesn't it. matter. Yeah. Like if doing the dishes is not the right thing to do in that moment, leave them. Yeah. You know? Okay. So if your answer is, I'm going to do the dishes. Why? Because hopefully my wife will have sex with me later. Don't do the dishes. Don't do the dishes. <laughs> don't do it. Let's, but, like let them sit and stink till morning. Like whatever. Yeah. Just yeah. don't. But do if it. you're like, I want to do the dishes because the kitchen's messy and I want to just clean, I want a clean kitchen and, or I need a spoon to use. Right. For the love of all that is good, do the dishes. <laughs> Please do the dishes. Yeah. <laughs> but like that's that's your barometer for everything, right? Is it the right thing to do or not? You know? And yeah, or like even like, is this a grown up thing to do? <laughs> <laughs> I don't that's mean a good that. way to put it. But like, is this something a grown up would do? <laughs> like that helps me. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying that because that helps me, because sometimes I'm like, I don't wanna work out i don't want to go to work i don't want to clean the house but i'm like but does a grown-up want a clean toilet does a grown-up clean the toilet yes they do okay then i can do it exactly exactly <laughs> and hopefully i'll get my husband in bed later <laughs> hopefully i'll convince him yeah no, i'm just kidding i don't that's, I would that's what a grown-up would do yeah <laughs> My husband said to me the other night, side note, he was like, just so you know, like if you wake up in the night and you really, really need sex, like you can totally just start having sex with me. Like, I really don't care. Like I'm giving you a lifetime of consent. Like, <laughs> And I was like, thanks, babe. You can't do that to me. He's like, I know. I just wanted you to know. If you're good, but I know I'm not. And I'm like, I know, it's different. <laughs> so he's just laying there in bed, like, please, 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 please. Like, I hope she just wants to. Like, that'd be great. I know. I'm like, there's just some, you know, male female dynamics that just are. And, you know, if we can be lighthearted about it, like, it's, it, it doesn't mean anything personal, too. Yeah. Like, did you notice that coming up with you when it was frustrating? Like, if your wife didn't want to have sex, did you ever take it personally? Oh, every time, right? Uh -huh. That was that was the reaction. It was just so hard to be like, well, how come, like, why don't you love me? Why don't you care about my needs? You know, why don't you blah, 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 blah. You know, it's just, yeah. it was, I mean, it just became excuse valley at some point. And then she was like further and further away from sex. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, you're pushing me away. I would, I would tell my husband, I was like, oh, we were so close. <laughs> like, <laughs> like when you were like, wanting to open up to me emotionally and then it turned into and you don't love me because you didn't want to have sex and i was like and now we're really not going to have sex dang it yep. i really yeah. i really wanted to get there it's like we were we were this close and you screwed it up on the last yard <laughs> i know because i'm like women really want to want to i i really do believe that like there's if we can if we can have our ideal marriage we want to have an amazing romantic strong sexually connect connected relationship with our husbands like right. we really do yeah. so let's just do the work that will like get us there because i want that you want that mm -hmm. and i think that our natural instincts lead us away from those from that place a lot like our natural instincts might be like no like she needs to meet my needs or no we need to have another conversation or yeah. No, I need to let her know how rejected I feel in this moment. I need to let her know that I don't feel loved by her when she says no. 
you know, those are our natural instincts. And sometimes those are leading us away from our goal. So yeah. that's why it can be kind of challenging is like, we need to like, open up to a new way. And that feels hard for men sometimes, I think. Yeah. I don't know. Am I wrong? Well, I think, what do you think? No, I, I think you're I think you're dead on because I like talking about it more doesn't fix anything. If anything, it's going to make it worse because like most adults who can think outside themselves, you know, that who, who maybe aren't dealing with extreme emotional trauma from childhood or something, but you know, the majority of people can think outside themselves enough to be like, yeah, we haven't had sex in a long time. You know, like there's clearly something going on, but for like, for me to come up and just be like, we're not having enough sex. <laughs> Duh. Like, Oh, Oh, really? <laughs> you know, like that's the reaction because of course of course she sees it she notices it you know oh, yeah. within a couple of days she feels it right and i think it's... she wants the connection too yes. yes but make me really want it you know that's almost like what she's saying like i don't want like i ultimately want it but don't make me have to go there from obligation like i just want to go there because i want to yeah absolutely absolutely but you've got to show up as like a balanced man you can't show up as a needy child you can't show up as like a vindictive partner you have mm -hmm. to show up as a man like how a man would approach it you know and that doesn't mean like being dominant like all of that stuff that's not what that means it just means you're man enough to be okay with no and you're man enough to simply invite her to the table Right. Yeah. You don't have to say, Hey, I need sex right now. You don't have to do any of that, but you know, it can be in those quiet moments. And sometimes inviting her to have, like inviting her to the table is like a hand on her thigh during lunch. You know, it's no expectation of it leading anywhere. Exactly. It's <laughs> exactly. But it's this, it's just that moment of like, Hey, are we close? Are we feeling okay today? And if something happens, wonderful. If nothing happens, fine. Yeah totally okay you know i'm putting my hand on your leg not because it's like hey baby time to start warming up you know that's yeah. not what we're doing you know it's just like i'm here and i'm here for you and oh, this is the way for me to tell you that i'm here for you so that's lovely. all that that means oh my favorite is when my husband's like can we just snuggle tonight i'm like no i'm making love to you right now <laughs> He's like, darn, uh, <laughs> but he'll even say to me, no, I really just want to like snuggle. I just want to like be with you. And I'm like, what? I mean, that took, that took some time and work on both of our parts, but like just that like zero expectation, just him wanting to hold me, just be there together with zero expectation that I'm like, I'm like, put a fork in me. I'm done. Like <laughs> awesome. You know, yeah. that's, that's one way of inviting your spouse to the table. It's like, you didn't say, so let's just snuggle. And then like tomorrow we can have sex. You know, it was this whole, like, I just want to hold you. It's an energy that you have with you. That's like, Hey, if we don't have sex, it is fine because I'm just happy that you were my woman and that we have this life together and <laughs> I can just hold you close. And that energy, she like feels it. She feels so invited she's most likely going to want to turn to you. It may not be in that moment, but it's going to happen, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, I love that idea of like turn toward, right? Yeah. Because 
if you if you were to apply that to like all aspects of life, how many times has my wife basically um, made made a plea for attention or a plea for her needs needing to be met, maybe through a conversation or just like, hey, I'm having a rough day, and I'm sorry, I got I got a call, I got to jump on right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to make myself unavailable or, Hey, I've got a lot of emails going on right now. You know, I've got to run downstairs, you know, to avoid that. And then instead of turning toward you, you've turned away and you've not met her needs. Right. And so, and and it happens not just in the bedroom turn toward is everything. I know. I know we've tried to work this out really well with us. Cause I used to do that to my husband. I'd be like, I need to talk to you about something, you know, like a mess. And he's like, like I have a client come over in like five minutes. And so I've started to come to him and say, I really would love to talk to you. Is there a good time like where we can make this work? And he's like, thank you. Because I would like to turn to you emotionally as well. But right now is just a bad time. You know, nothing personal towards you because women can take that personally, just like men can take the sex personally. Um, And so it's like, you know, we have to create the environment where we're not setting each other up for failure. Right. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. you know, either way, sexually and also emotionally, like my husband will some, like sometimes initiate sex. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Like <laughs> what? <laughs> this is like literally the worst possible time. It looks so, it feels so um, inconsiderate. Like he wasn't aware of me and my life that day. Yeah. You know, and, um, and so I, I have to work on my own stuff when that happens. But at the same time, we can do the work to kind of be more considerate of our spouses, like kind of take inventory, like, wait, have I checked in with them in non-sexual ways today? Have I, you know, have I listened? Have I, did I set up the environment best so that they could listen to me? And so we could have a conversation. Yeah. And was I just th- wanting them to drop everything and like, you know, give to me my needs. It, it's like, let's set each other up for success, you mm-hmm. know, instead of like, well, they're not going to want to do it. So then I'm going to create this environment that proves that true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to make it so you don't love me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know she's going to say no. So I'm going to ask her at the worst possible time so that yeah. she says, so I can see like, see, I told you. Right. <laughs> I'm like, oh, come on. That's but, not toxic, what would a grown up do? <laughs> <laughs> what would a grown up do? <laughs> yeah what, what is the right thing to is this the right thing to do i love that question like is it the right thing to like expect this from your spouse right now or you know or is this like maybe not the best thing right now okay. yeah okay okay so so far i think we have a good a good amount of stuff for people to ponder is there anything that you might add to this that's just like pressing on you that you're like I, I really think I need to like share this with the with the men who are struggling right now yeah um I mean for the for the men if like for the men listening it would be become the best possible version of you you possibly can be like that's that's your prerogative it's the responsibility of a man you know so I, I follow like the art of man podcast and some of those and it comes back time and time again your job is to protect to preside and provide, right? That's the responsibility of a man. And if you can't do those things, you're not the man you should be yet. Yeah. Right? And so like, just just evaluate that, you know? How are your finances? How's your emotional wellness, your spiritual wellness? 
um, your physical wellness. And like, how are these relationships that you're trying to nurture? What are they like? And if you can't, you know, rate yourself in a high score and all those, get to work. Get ah, to work. Ah. So. so instead of being like, I'm not having enough sex, so I need to talk to my wife about this. We need to be having more sex. Instead, do a personal inventory. Ask yourself, where am I at on in these levels of my life? Mm -hmm. And go, if you're not, you know, a high score, any of those, let's just say one through 10, if you're not a seven, eight or nine or 10, <laughs> then, <Yeah. laughs> then skip the conversation about needing more sex and go work on those parts of your life. Yeah. A lot of people ask me like, what do I do instead of having the conversation? I'm like, you go work on yourself. <laughs> like that's an invitation that, that your, your spouse sees that they're like, Oh, Oh, well, that's interesting. And like, instead of talking about sex, you just have it. <laughs> yeah. And that's that, like, this is a good way to like capstone the entire conversation. So I'm certainly not there. Like if I had to go through all of those and rate myself still working on it, finances for me are my weak point. Like I have so much shame around money and I'm trying to like, I, that's what I'm working out with. Like my coach, my personal coach is like, how do I, just like, cause like, I just, I can't figure that out yet. I'm still working on it. So it's hard for me yeah. to share, you know, finances and all that kind of stuff, but everything else much, much better than it was, you know, and it's felt. And so like we had, you know, uh, this, when the weather was warm, cause it's snowing outside, but we went camping and we had, or I had a chance to show up as a man, as a father, right? We played out on the lake and we did all the fun stuff when the dog was out and it was just, it was heaven on earth, you know, just beautiful. And this is probably TMI, but we made love that night. Like that was, but here. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> right. It's the sex podcast. Yeah. So, but like, it was such a, for me, it was a beautiful moment because like I turned toward, she turned toward and it's this thing that I'll never forget because, and it wasn't about the sex. Yeah. It's yeah. that we were, we were one, you know, like, you know, scripturally it says, and the man and wife will become one. Yeah. That's the moment you do like becoming one isn't sex. Right. It's when your souls connect and you have this moment of pure intimacy and pure trust, you know, and closeness. And that's the cherry on top. And that's the fruit, the fruit of having, uh, being one with your spouse and, you know, constant, you know, being working on these areas of your life, the fruit is a beautiful making love session. Yeah. Um, and there's many other fruits that come of that, but that is one of the fruits. Yeah. But it's, as long yeah. as you're not expecting sex to be the fruit, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> I know it can be so confusing. Yeah. I know it is. But it's almost like you can't expect it. You just have to love just to love. Yeah. And then it will happen for you. Well, that's what I think, like, the, the, again, the difference between having sex and making love is sometimes making love isn't sex. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. It's Like just, intercourse. Yeah. It's, yeah, like, like actual, the, the act of intercourse, you know, or, yeah. or reaching climax. That's not making love. Mm-hmm. Making love is so much more and it's so much more beautiful than what the world describes it as. And actually it feels a lot better sometimes. Absolutely. You know, that scratching the itch thing you were talking about, like that feels good, but like 
you know, it's like, I don't, I'm trying to come up with an analogy off the top of my head, but it's kind of like, for me, it's like going to get a massage versus scratching an itch. You know, it's like, yeah. I can scratch that itch. It's fine. But like, I can go to get a massage. I'm like, whoa, that was amazing. There yeah. were things that happened that I did not expect to happen, you know, <laughs> and like that. And, but I, I, you know, sometimes people get so stuck on penis and vagina that mm-hmm that takes away from the the possibility of a deeper intimacy and more pleasure than you even thought. Yeah. Kind of an interesting conversation for another time. Um, <laughs> woo! Okay. So um, where can people connect with you, Corey? Like what, what are you up to? What are you doing? Are you, are you coaching people? Are you helping men with this? Because I think there's going to be a lot of men who are like, uh, I want some personal guidance, please. <laughs> yeah. So um, I actually just recently, like my website isn't even done. So, um, but I've, I've created a, a brand, I suppose, called um, Olympus Ascended. Okay. So it's, you know, it, um, I, I've been, I've done some professional coaching, some success coaching, but what I've been finding is as I find these men um, and women, but like a lot of, a lot of men, um, it's coming down to you haven't cleaned your room yet. Huh? You know, like you're looking to build a business or do all these really big, grandiose things, and you're, you've still got some cobwebs, you know, that we've got to clean out. And so a lot of it comes down to if you can get your house in order a little bit better, you know, make sure you check off on these five criteria. You can rate yourself and you're confident with that. Then you can go and conquer the world. That's fine. Uh, yeah. But you got to clean some stuff up first. Well, good for you, because I think we should really normalize men seeking professional help, seeking guidance, um, seeking coaches, you know, working on different areas of their life, self-care, like all that stuff, like let's normalize it because that's what's going to really take your relationship to the next level is when you're investing in yourself in that way. Oh my goodness. Like, I know so many women who come to me and they're like, it's just so frustrating because my husband won't go to therapy or my husband avoids, you know, working on himself or he says, there's nothing I need to work on, or I'm already doing all that stuff that you think I should be doing. And she's like, well, (laughs) because if you were, wouldn't we be experiencing like an amazing relationship right now? And so I, I think take a look at your end results that you're desiring. And if you're not if you're not there where you really want to be, you've got some work to do on yourself. Yeah. Instead of blaming your spouse, go find someone to help you work through that stuff. Yeah. Amazing to do this for yourself. Your wife will be so turned on. Your wife will be like, what? I am I, like, I just get so happy if my husband's like, I had an appointment with my therapist today. I'm like, you did? <laughs> <laughs> what did you guys talk about? <laughs> what are you working on? What's that? Like, I just, I'm like so excited, you know? So I just think normalizing the idea of men improving on themselves, whether that's with help or even if that help is a book or something like, Oh my God. Yes, please do it. Um, okay. And I will put your contact information in the podcast episode. Um, but you know, just tell us like, do you have an email or like anything if people want to reach out to you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, you can just do Corey Ivans at gmail.com. Just the last name. Uh, my Instagram, uh, Instagram is the same. So I do a lot through Instagram. So people will just hit me up, you know, after I post a quote or a thought or a story and they're like, oh, wow, I've never thought about that way. And then it kind of goes from there. So feel free to 
message me on on instagram as well it's just at Corey ivans um and then um again it's it's in words right now c-o-r-y-i-v-i-n-s yes exactly and then eventually olympusascended.com will be like the domain and everything so that's going to be kind of where all the coaching branding stuff goes through Okay, perfect. So CoreyIvans at gmail.com. Follow him on Instagram, Corey Ivans. Um, you'll see updates for that. I'm sure if you get your um, website up and running, yeah. then, you know, it's you're way ahead of follow. me. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, I, I used to have a website. I don't anymore. I'm like, I don't need one. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Thank you, Corey, for coming on here and for your vulnerability, for sharing. I think there's going to be so many people that can just relate to what you're saying. Um, if you feel called out, I, I'm so proud of you for feeling called out for whoever's listening. Thank Corey for sharing what he shared. Like maybe send him a message and let him know like you heard and, you know, just thankful that he's here to help us. Here as well. I agree. Yeah, and that, that's what I hope. For, from all of this is just that somebody out there hears this and goes oh okay now i have hope that like i can fix this you know because every time you blame, blame blame someone for you know something not happening you're giving them control over that whole situation yeah so I if know. you can own it yourself and be like okay i'm gonna work on me and let's oh. see what happens <sighs> i just exhale when i hear people say that i'm like inhaling when i'm like uh it's putting it's getting placed on me and i like can't breathe and then when people are like you know what i'm gonna go work on what i need to work on i'm like oh okay good because that's what you can control exactly so if you're trying to control what you can't control you're gonna be working really really hard it's gonna be exhausting and you're probably not gonna get what you want and you won't be happy you won't be happy you never will be hey can you share with us something that you've done for your wife recently just for the heck of it just to be like an awesome husband um so i mean we have like date nights and stuff but mm -hmm. i make it a point to take my wife to lunch during Ooh. the day because that means i i have to put work away i have to put friends away i have to put the gym away like at night it's like okay kids are in bed what do you want to do you know like those are easy nights to go out go to a movie whatever but Lunches are harder to coordinate. And so to come upstairs and be like, join me for lunch. Ooh. That's that's a, that's the thing that I've been working on. That's awesome. I love that. I love that. I also saw on your Instagram that you sent her away for her birthday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a... Like, oh, yeah, no big deal. <laughs> oh, yeah, that too. I yeah. moved like all my Marriott points. <laughs> so did you send her away on her own? Mm-hmm. So I sent her to a place called the St. Regis, which is like the swankiest hotel in Utah. And yeah. uh, I was just like, just go. I don't care what you do. Just happy birthday. Goodbye. You know? <laughs> wow. How many days was she gone? Uh, she was gone for, well, two nights, three days, sort nice. of a scenario. So and she, and you kept the kids with you. Yep. So we just, you know, Mr. Mom over here and just, I mean, that's, it's pretty easy. Our kids are, are pretty good. So it's not yeah. difficult, but yeah, we just sent her away, and she's just, uh, it was so grown up. <laughs> your grown ups, you're like, I can do this. Yeah. Wow, that her just are, yeah. Well, her her things are are massages. She loves a massage. Like that's her 
She gets my massage analogy that I made up on the whim. <laughs> That's the one. Yep. Yeah. She's like, oh my gosh, more of those, please. So, you know, every, every, every time I get a chance, I, you know, so I think she has like three gift certificates right now to different places. And like, oh my gosh, I don't know when I'm going to use all of them. Corey. <laughs> Stop. Stop. <laughs> but you know what? It's just like, I can't even sense your energy. It's, it's literally because you just want to treat her. You just want to delight in her and, it's not connected to anything that like you might get in return. And I'm sure she senses that. And when she felt that shift in you, I'm sure things started to improve a lot in your relationship with her. Almost automatically. It's just, you know, as soon as you start doing the work, there's benefits. So it's like, I don't have to worry about, you know, am I going to love her on the other side of this? Because every day we fall in love a little bit more. That's beautiful. I love it so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for your lighthearted attitude and just your willingness to share. I think there's a, there's so many golden nuggets in here and I know people are going to come away just with some transformation. And I love when I get messages from people that are like, I listened to this podcast or I saw this post and like me and my husband had the best weekend ever or, you know, stuff like that. I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's amazing. That's drop in the bucket. Just keep doing that. Yeah. Whatever you did repeat that. And like, going to keep adding up for you so i hope i know this will help a lot of people so thank you so much